Um, I realise, obviously, there's some of you that haven't heard about the chaplaincy, and many of you that have, and so I'm going to first, uh, forgive me if I repeat things you've heard before, but I'll just give a little bit of oversight of the chaplaincy itself, uh, a little bit of a, a view of what, uh, who we are and what we've been doing, and then give you a little update to where we're at uh, now. Um, Beachhead itself is uh, possibly the second most used suicide spot in the world. Um, it's well known throughout the nations. It's not unusual for us to have visitors, for example, from the US come to Beachy Head and say, well, we wanted to come and visit. We've, we, it, its reputation is well known throughout the United States. And again, through uh, the nations of Europe, it's not unusual for people to travel literally from other nations to Beachy Head to end their lives. So it's a, a worldwide, uh, world-recognized suicide spot. And um, in 2003, uh, at that time, I was pastoring a small church in Eastbourne called the Church of the Way, and I was in my organised state that I was always in at that time. I was praying on the Sunday morning at what message to bring to the church and preparing everything at the last minute, and God gave me a vision. And that vision lasted about half an hour, and all I can say is it's, it was more than a daydream, but it, uh, uh, you know, I can't explain it in any other way than that. All I was aware was that half an hour passed. I wasn't aware of the time passing, but all I was aware of was this... this video, if you like, in my mind of these two people patrolling Beachy Head who are reaching out to the depressed and suicidal. And uh, so uh, as soon as that finished, I thought, my goodness, what was that about? And I pondered this thing in my heart and, and actually I felt such a stirring from God, this, this vision burnt in my heart. And I tried to get rid of it for various reasons, one of those being that I don't like heights, which seemed to be a prerequisite for the job. Uh, the second being that I didn't like talking to people one to one, which seemed to be the second. Uh, needed uh, skill for the job. And the third one was I was terribly disorganised, which is why I was praying uh, for God to show me a message for the church at that late hour, just before we were supposed to start the service. Um, but actually, this vision really burnt in my heart, and we really knew God had called us. And so in, we started to set up the vision for the chaplaincy. We began a year and one week later, on the 8th of August 2004, and we actually had the first rescue on the cliff edge 40 minutes later. And so now we are, uh, we're a Christian chaplaincy. Uh, we we specialise in two, two fields, if you like. One is crisis intervention. So basically we're negotiators. So our job is to be on the cliff edge, literally negotiating with someone for their life. So they're there choosing between life and death, and we're there hopefully speaking to them using what is well-known and well-recognised negotiation techniques uh, to actually bring those people back from the cliff edge. Now, that doesn't exclude, of course, the grace of God working through a situation, the Holy Spirit working through a situation. The interesting thing was, as we prayed, having no idea how we were going to set this up in the beginning, God laid out a clear plan of how we were to, to negotiate with people. In hindsight, we found out, uh, or in latter days, rather, we found out that uh, actually that structure is the structure that's used by uh, law enforcement agencies around the world to negotiate with suicidal people, as well as hostage takers and things like that. So, you know, that, that we realised God had led us into that place of what was best practice. So our team, basically the negotiators, they're there patrolling the cliff edge, searching for people who are in distress in their 4x4s as well, uh, such as the one I've come in today. And we're there to, say, reach out to those who are depressed or suicidal. Uh, we're reputedly the busiest search and rescue team in the United Kingdom by a long way, almost twice as busy as the, the next busiest team. We, of course, have proactive patrols. We now have, actually, six staff uh, on board, uh, four full-time, two part-time, as well as 14 frontline volunteers and six volunteers involved in behind-the-scenes 
uh, parts of the work. Uh, such as Janet, of course, who's with us today. Janet organises our talks and is involved with some of the admin as well. So, um, so we've been involved in this now for nine years. Um, last year was our busiest ever year for rescues. Within the year, we actually had 305 rescues, which is quite a lot up on any previous year. Um, 771 searches, so we're getting called to search by Sussex Police, the Coast Guard, uh, members of the public may see someone they're concerned for, members of pub staff may see someone who comes in, uh, has their last meal, a few drinks, um, looks despondent and actually calls us to them. Um, but after that busy year, we have since found 2013 has started and with even greater amount of despondent people appearing. Uh, January and February was the busiest start of the year we've ever had uh, by 50%. Uh, and uh, we had 54 rescues in those two months alone. And that's generally the quietest time of year for us. And that was including all the snow, which normally, of course, keeps people away. But we've been... That, that's a little bit of, of, of who we are. Uh, let me share a little bit of what's been going on in the last, uh, last year or so. Because, you know, as a church, you've supported us for a very long time, and we really do appreciate that should have said this at the beginning, but I'll say it now. Your continued support really does make a difference. It's been so encouraging for us. And, uh, you know, it's such an encouragement to know that, you know, when, when I first came out here, and I think my first ever time with you was uh, when you were meeting uh, once a month, I think, in the village hall for the question and answer sessions. And I came and did a question and answer session, and, and you were merciful enough to, to support us and, and uh, even invite me back, I think. And... Uh, uh, soon after that and, and you know we shared the vision and you, you, you've supported us ever since and we really do appreciate it. In the last year or two we've really been looking to expand the work in order to actually protect a lot of our team who are getting burnt out, uh, particularly those in the leadership because it's such a busy work and it's a 24 hour day work and, and of course the type of thing we're doing is very stressful as you can imagine. Um, we were finding very good people getting burnt out, having to step down and leave, and we were losing lots of experience. Not only that, there was obviously the, the personal effect on those people who were working for us, doing a lot of hours and getting tired out. You know, it was having a, a physical effect on them. We believed that wasn't godly, that wasn't right, that wasn't the way for us to continue. It was somewhat necessary in our early years, but that actually we were, we were in a place where we needed to really grow and develop. And so we began to look at how we could expand our structure to support uh, the work, and that's what we did in taking on staff, uh, a number of extra staff. The first of those was Nikki. She can't be with us today, unfortunately. She was hoping to, to come along and see you all. Nikki's my wife. Uh, she wasn't originally when we employed her. I employed her as a, an admin assistant, um, got a wife uh, in with the deal. Um, it wasn't part of the bargaining, I assure you, at the time. Uh, in fact, she thought I was quite pretentious. Didn't really get on with me at all. Um, I won't ask what she thinks now, but you know we, uh, we're very happily married and have been for just over two years now. But um, Nikki joined us as the first stage of this expansion. She'd come on as a, as a volunteer, uh, and uh, we took her on as a, an admin assistant to help Trish, my mum, who was doing the, the admin at that time. And uh, we looked to expand some of what the team was doing in order to support a development of the frontline team. And since then, in the last year, we've employed, uh, say, two uh, full-time and two part-time people. Uh, to actually supervise up at Beachy Head. So we've grown considerably from uh, three years ago when we needed to raise something in the region of about 50 to 60,000 pounds a year to run. We now have to raise over 200,000 pounds a year. 
And I suppose it was that I just felt a little stirred to, to talk to you about this morning because I obviously want to come and share a little bit about what the chaplaincy is doing, but I also want to share a little bit of some of the things that we're that God's kindly teaching us along the way, and hopefully that can be an encouragement to you too. Um, when we started this last financial year, we'd, we'd raised £120,000 or £130,000, I think it was, the year before. We doubled what we, we were needing to, to have come in by the grace of God. Uh, but as we entered into this new year, we knew we had to almost do the same again. And we were believing for £200,000 to, to have the team develop. And we knew we were developing for the right reasons. Um, we knew that actually to actually support people, uh, to protect our staff, to protect our volunteers and continue to save lives into the future, we needed to grow. So we prayed and we continued to believe God for the money. And uh, we uh, continued through the year and we saw many blessings and God provided many different ways. But as we got to near to November time, uh, the money had dried up completely. We had no money coming in at all. Uh, very little. There were little donations here and there. And they were very special and very important to us because, you know, they just remind us that God hadn't abandoned us. But we knew that actually all of a sudden we were needing to raise fifteen to seventeen thousand pounds every month and uh, we literally were having a few hundred pounds in over a month for a couple of months and i we, we stopped and we prayed about this and we really felt god was developing some faith particularly in the new volunteers i have to admit it was also working me we've been through those situations a number of times in the past but actually uh, it uh, it still is amazing to me to see how much unbelief still dwells in the heart even after all those times. But we knew God had provided for us in the past, even though it sometimes been the fact that the cheques were going out the door as the money was coming in to pay them, uh, or sometimes even before. Uh, but we got to November, and uh, we'd been praying, and Nikki, who's now the operations manager, she looks after the day-to-day -day management of a large portion of the ministry, and Mike, who's our senior operations supervisor, he looks after the guys up at Beachy Head. The three of us kept getting together to pray, and we kept having various scriptures where God was reminding us uh, to look back on what he'd done in the past. And of course, we see this all the way through the scripture. I'm just going to share a couple of verses from Psalm 77. I can find Psalm 77. It seems to disappear. There we go. So, in fact, I'm going to read the first 13 verses at risk of taking too much time. Um, I cried out to God with my voice, to God with my voice, and he gave ear to me. In the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. My hand was stretched out in the night without ceasing. My soul refused to be comforted. I remembered God and was troubled. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. Selah. You hold my eyes open. I'm so troubled that I cannot speak. I've considered the days of old, the years of ancient times. I call to remembrance my song in the night. I meditate within my heart and my spirit makes diligent search. Will the Lord, will the Lord cast off forever and will he be favourable no more? Has his mercy ceased forever? Has his promise failed forevermore? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his tender mercies? And I said, this is my anguish, but I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. I will also meditate on all your work and talk of your deeds. Your way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great a God as our God? And time again, we kept coming to these similar scriptures and God was reminding us to remember all the things that had gone on before. 
Now, I'm ashamed to say that we didn't record very many of them. And actually, I wish we had nowadays because there's such value in looking back and remembering uh, the scrapes that God's, God brings us through, the time when he provides so often, seemingly at the last minute. God was perfectly on time. But in our view, maybe the last minute. Or uh, those times when actually... Uh, things look so hopeless, things look so despairing, you know, we can identify some of what was said within that psalm and yet God's plan and purpose for us was perfect and actually his, his purpose was to bring us into a, a new land, a great place of abundance and blessing and we kept looking time and time again and I was just as I was pondering this morning about uh, the best things to share with you because so much has gone on since last time I was here, I was just stirred up about this. And so I, I just want to share that with you guys here. Uh, you've seen God do amazing things in the past. And I don't know where you are at the moment and where God's bringing you as individuals or as a church. But actually, I just want to remind you to think back and remember the things of the past. Think back and remember what God has done for you. We stood there on the, the payday on the 20th of November with £3,000 in the bank knowing that actually with all the bills that went out, we were something in the region of about £10,000 short of where we needed to be. And I turned up at work, and we were still trusting and believing. Uh, now, we've, we're a much larger organisation than we used to be. And we've got a very lovely man who's our treasurer, and we've got an accountant that supports us all the way through. But uh, as is right for them, they're very practical as to how we should operate as a business. And it's fair to say it was a fairly nerve-wracking time for them as well as for us. Uh, I had the new experience of sheets coming across my desk showing me uh, the, the cash flow forecast for the future. Um, I could t bury my head in the sand in years gone by and trust God would provide, and he did. But to see all the red uh, numbers in front of me was kind of unnerving. Sometimes I had to just uh, turn it over and, uh, and ignore it. But actually, we knew um, in our hearts that God would continue to provide as he had done for the work. And as we turned up to work on that uh, 20th, we were having to be prepared for saying to the staff, we cannot pay you, we, we don't have the money, and all those things that officially we had to start doing because that was payday. And we came in to find a cheque for £20,000 lying on the doorstep. God provided, but it was the last minute. And yet we know full well why, because actually he wanted us to be more than we were. He wanted us to grow in faith. He wanted us to develop. He loves us so much that he disciplines us, that he trains us, that he changes us, that actually we can do more and more for him. And uh, it was a challenging time for so many, but I just want to encourage any of you that might be in the same situation today that actually remember what he's done because he is faithful and he will prove his faithfulness just at the right time. I used to have a sign in my uh, van that I had that said, God teaches us patience by taking his time. And uh, how true it seemed. And yet I've realised, of course, he's never late. He's always on time. It's always according to his perfect plan. It's just sometimes I'm... Uh, I've got a slightly different plan. We're learning more and more nowadays to surrender our plan to his plan. And so I'm so thankful for your support of us and I'm so thankful on behalf of all the families of those that we've managed to save that have been saved because of your support. It really does make a difference. And I pray that you'll continue to support us, continue to pray for us, and uh, we'll continue to pray for you. And I just pray that hopefully today some of that will be a real encouragement to some of you that perhaps are going through some stuff. And so bless you and thanks for inviting me back again.